0: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Ecstatica, the way to an erotic, ecstatic love life. Your host is Ellen Toff. The Soulful Sex Coach. Our program will take you beyond the sex you've been experiencing and open up a whole new world of intimacy. You've got a lot to learn today, so let's get started. Here is Ellen Etoff.
1: Are you ready for an ecstatic love life? I am. Now, you know about the G-spot and you know about the prostate, but did you know that the prostate or T-spot exploration can transform a man's experience of orgasm as much as G-spot stimulation can for a woman. That is, if you know what to do with it. So even if you're a seasoned at prostate play, you may learn something here to take your pleasure to a new level in this no-holds-barred conversation. And by the way, I do want to say that since we're going to be dealing with anatomy and physiology here, I want to emphasize that nothing here that's going to be said in the show today is to be taking this medical advice. So if you have questions, or health, especially health or medical questions, please speak with your health care provider. But we'll definitely deal with any questions you have today during the show. And also, this show is for people who are 18 years of age or older. So who this is really for today is men and women who have male partners. So if that's If you're one of those, this is for you. And prostate pleasuring can enhance pleasure, intimacy, and communication for a couple, as well as help a man deepen his relationship with himself, which, of course, benefits the whole relationship. So, with Charlie Glickman, Ph.D., the author of The Ultimate Guide to Prostate Pleasure... We're about to explore what you need to know about this powerful source of sexual fulfillment. We'll also talk about solo and partner explorations of the prostate for pleasure. And this includes getting started, masculine identity issues, safety and hygiene, building trust, and of course, the how-tos and toys you may wish to incorporate into your play and and how to get started. So, um, welcome, Dr. Charlie Glickman
2: thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: So I'm going to tell people a little bit more about you before we get started, and um, Dr. Charlie Glickman, along with Aislinn Emersian, have I got that, (laughs) is the the co-author of The Ultimate Guide to Prostate Pleasure, and Aislinn couldn't be here today, unfortunately, but Charlie is going to just... Be a whiz-bang and tell us everything we need to know. He's been a sexuality educator for over 20 years. He teaches workshops on a wide range of topics, including sex positivity, sex and shame, gender and masculinity, sexual orientation, communities of erotic affiliation, and many sexual practices such as prostate play, anal sex, pegging, sex toys, BDSM, and polyamory. Charlie is certified as a sexuality educator by the American Association of Sexuality Educators, Counselors, and Therapists. He regularly presents at conferences and events, offering trainings on sexuality for medical professionals, therapists, and clergy, because, of course, those folks really need information about sexuality, because that's not in their typical training, right? (laughs) So, let's start by getting everybody on the same page. By discussing exactly what is prostate stimulation or P-state stimulation and, and how can it transform a man's experience of orgasm as much as a G-spot uh, exploration can for a woman?
2: Well, that is definitely the right place to start. Uh, so, most of us have only heard of the prostate in the context of health issues uh, that a lot of men may face as we get older. But what most folks don't realize is that it's also the source of incredible pleasure for many men. Um, It's uh, inside the body, basically at the deep end of the penis. So the the penis goes much further back into the body than most folks realize. There's a couple of inches that sort of anchor it. And the prostate is just above and behind the deep portion of the penis. Um, Functionally, what it does is produces part of semen. But uh, from a pleasure perspective, it's very similar to the G-spot in women. So many of those things that you've heard about, G-spot stimulation, that the orgasms feel bigger or they feel more full-bodied, or um, some women will describe G-spot sensations as being uh, more diffuse rather than the more focused sensations that they might get from the clitoris. The same uh-huh. thing happens with prostate stimulation. A lot of men described it as just a very different sensation. Uh, When we Mm. wrote our book, we surveyed over 200 people, both men and their partners, um, about their experiences around prostate play. And one of our respondents described it as the beginning of an orgasm. And that makes sense because Ah. during orgasm, the prostate actually squeezes and uh, releases all of the fluid that it's been producing. So if you imagine the way that it feels right when you're about to orgasm in that moment of that point of no return, as it's sometimes called. Right. Now imagine, imagine instead of that lasting three seconds or five seconds, you could have that sensation for half an hour.
1: Ooh. Uh, or, or hey guys, hours. are you listening? <laughs>
2: So that's really what we're talking about here. It can be incredibly pleasurable if you know what you're doing. Great. Um, Well,
1: that should get people interested. And are you talking necessarily about um, internal stimulation? Because most men, their experience of having their prostate stimulated is with a doctor with his glove uh, glove on his hand, which is not usually their idea of eroticism. Um, So are you talking about anal stimulation that way, I mean, via the anal canal, or um, external stimulation of the prostate through the perineum, which for those who aren't sure where that is, is between the anus and the testicles?
2: Well, I'm really talking about both. Uh, Okay, What I want to mention, is you you talked about uh, men's experiences at the doctor, and what's important to know is that doctors get trained to not make it feel good. They don't want it to hurt. <laughs> they, they don't want it to hurt. But they also don't want it to feel good because they don't want you to think that they are sexually harassing you. Of
1: course.
2: So of course. it's not the same experience at all. Um, and it's an interesting thing because... But I didn't
1: know that. You know, That's
2: cool that yeah. they're trained not to, yeah. Well, it's an interesting thing because you know, women go to the OBGYN and get their medical exams. And that can be you know, unpleasant or uncomfortable or neutral, depending on the situation, it might be very uncomfortable. But I've never heard a woman say, you know, I went to the doctor, I got my pelvic exam, it didn't feel good, so I guess I just don't like vaginal penetration.
1: <laughs> good analogy.
2: Yeah, I hear men yeah. say this all the time.
1: And men so, say that, huh? Men say that they yeah. don't like it because they didn't like it at the doctor?
2: Absolutely. I hear this. <gasps> um, it's a very different experience.
1: Well, I'm glad you made that clear.
2: Yeah. Now, you asked whether I'm talking about anal penetration. Uh, The prostate is easiest to find through anal penetration. If you insert a finger anally uh, a couple of inches inside the anus and then curl towards the belly button, you'll be able to feel it most easily. You can get to it indirectly through the perineum, like you mentioned, uh, but because there is more tissue in the way, it's kind of like giving somebody a rub when they're wearing a bulky sweater. They'll be able to feel it, but they won't be able to feel as much of it. So if you really want to get the most out of your prostate massage, uh, the best way to do it is through anal penetration.
1: Yeah, and... Of course, we're going to get to talking about devices and toys a little later on today. But you um, know, for most men, can't reach that that easily themselves, and many women's fingers aren't long enough, really, to fully get in there and massage that
2: prostate. Well, yes, and is that? Um, am I wrong about you, that? Well, sort of. You've got it. You are right. That you need something. Uh, between three and four inches long to reach the prostate because the anus has a depth of about, I will call it, between an inch and an inch and a quarter, and then you have to go another couple of inches to reach the prostate after that. Um, but the pelvic floor is pretty flexible. It's not rigid. And so if you insert a finger all the way and you can't quite reach somebody's prostate, if you push in a little bit further, the pelvic floor sort of tents in and you'll be able to reach a little bit deeper. My book partner, Aislinn, uh, she likes to say in our workshops that her first two fingers are two and a half inches long and two and three quarters inches long, and she can still reach people's prostates. So it's not as difficult as it may sound. You just need to take advantage of the fact that you're working with muscles that have some flexibility to them.
1: Good to know. Okay. So before we get into more how-tos, people might, you know, you've talked about men going to the doctor, we've talked about men going to the doctor and so forth, but um, you might be wondering like, well, who does this? If You know, a lot of men don't consider themselves to be interested in anal sex, either as the penetrator or as as the penetratee, so to speak. So... Let's talk about who does, and broaden the spectrum a little bit about who explores this
2: uh, type of sexuality. Sure, it's an interesting thing. Uh, When we started writing the book, a lot of people assumed that the majority of the people who were going to read it would be gay men. And it's true that—that's why I uh, asked. (laughs) Yeah, it's true that gay men are more likely to have explored anal play than heterosexual guys. But um, in in a recent study, that they they asked uh, over 1,000 gay men about their most recent sexual experience, and anal sex happened uh, 37% of the time. So now, there's
1: uh, a misconception right there, because I'm saying my misconception and most people I've spoken with about this believe it would be more.
2: Yeah. Now, I'm willing to bet that most gay men uh, and other men who have sex with men have tried it just because there's a lot of awareness about it. But that's not always on the menu. You and see. by the same token, uh, 25% of heterosexual women have explored anal sex and mm-hmm. anal intercourse. So a lot more people are trying this than we might realize. Um, but one of the interesting things is that just from teaching our workshops and traveling around the country talking about the topic, a lot of heterosexual guys are coming to us and saying, yeah, you know, I tried this, and it was amazing. It blew me away. It completely changed my sex life. It opened up completely different possibilities for what sex can be. Uh, there's really no correlation between sexual orientation and where your nerve endings are. Uh, <laughs> you know, sexual orientation, that's who you want to do it with. But where your nerve endings are, that's what you want to do. And it's not like gay men are walking around with special nerve endings that heterosexual men don't have. You know, bodies are bodies. So it's, uh, you know, a lot more men out there are trying this than you might think.
1: Right. Well, let me say, you did mention that about 25% of women said they tried anal anal sex. Did you mean as the one being penetrated or anal sex to stimulate a man's prostate?
2: Right, as, as the one being penetrated.
1: Okay. But in all these couples that you interviewed, were they people that were already experienced in prostate exploration or did you interview people or do any kind of surveys on those who were just the general population?
2: Uh, No. We actually sent out the survey specifically asking about people's experiences with prostate play. So we talked with uh, men and their partners who had already tried it. And some of them were novices at it some some of them had tried it and not had it work and gave up on it and some of them it's been part of their sexual repertoire for years and years so we really heard all across that portion of the spectrum
1: okay okay good so is this something that um men can do on their own or do they need a partner to share it with or you know what should come first if they're going to try both
2: it's a little tricky to reach your own prostate with your fingers unless you've got uh, longer fingers. So if you're somebody who's and fingers as practiced well. suited, so yoga or something R where R you can. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a little hard to reach. Um, there are some positions that you can massage your own prostate in, and, and we do describe those in the book. And, of course, uh, men who want to do the solo can use toys or, like, vibrators or dildos to reach. But uh, just as many women find that G-spot play is easier to do with somebody else, a lot of guys find that with prostate play.
1: Okay, good. Um, So... If a man wants to start exploring this, um, here's another question I wanted to ask, too, before we get to that. And that is, what about the connection between prostate stimulation and penis stimulation?
2: Ooh, well, they go really well
1: together. (laughs) But, I mean, can they be... Obviously, we know that penis stimulation can be done independently. It can be done independently or together with testicular stimulation. So uh, can you stimulate the prostate alone without the penis and still have pleasure from it?
2: Oh, absolutely. Uh, I often recommend whenever people are trying it out to combine the two, Um, mostly because, uh, and this is really just a good tip whenever you're trying anything new sexually, Uh, when you're doing something familiar with the new thing it helps your body relax into the experience it keeps you really turned on which makes it a lot more fun and it also starts to teach your body to connect the familiar pleasure with the new sensation
1: oh so yeah rec- sort of that pavlovian
2: connection exactly exactly um and that's especially true when we're talking about anal penetration because uh, arousal makes it much much easier So the more turned on you are, the easier it's going to be.
1: Just like finding Uh, a woman's G-spot, would you say it's easier to find the prostate when a man is
2: aroused? Absolutely. The prostate actually engorges with fluid uh, when somebody gets turned on, so it gets bigger, and that makes it a lot easier to find. Um, So, yes, start off with something that you already know and like, and that's going to improve the odds of success tremendously. Um, Some of the guys that we've talked to, said that they really liked prostate massage on its own and others said that they needed to have the two combined you know, and here's another parallel some women say that they like g-spot stimulation by itself and other women say that they only like it if they're also getting clitoral sensation at the
1: right time. so everybody's different and men vary as
2: much as women do then exactly and you, know, you can definitely play around with this one thing that is worth mentioning is that uh, during anal penetration it's pretty common for somebody's erection to get a little bit softer um, oh really there, yeah there's a number of different reasons why that can happen but uh don't be surprised if it does it doesn't that's well, good for time.
1: people to know so it doesn't mean it's not working people can make so many interpretations about that sort of thing so that's Good to know. And I have another question about that, about, um, oh, well, since you're stimulating the prostate, which then can, you know, I'm wondering, couldn't that stimulate the ejaculatory orgasm and therefore end things more quickly than you would
2: necessarily want? Well, you know, there are some men who are able to ejaculate just from having their prostate massaged, but it's not the most common thing. Uh, For a lot of guys, they need to be combining it with penis stimulation at the same time, so that makes it pretty easy to not go over the edge. Um, But, you know, if, if that does happen to you, it's not the end of the world. That just gives you some useful information for the next time. Good point.
1: Okay, well, so we're going to take a short break now. Um, this is Ellen Etoff, and my guest is Dr. Charlie Glickman. You're listening to Ecstatica, the way to an erotic, ecstatic love life. And a couple of days after the live broadcast, you can get the downloads of the show and show transcripts at ecstatica.com slash show. That's E-X-exciting, T-A-T-I-C-A dot com slash SHOW. So stay tuned for more on the pleasures of the prostate.
0: This is the Voice America Seventh Wave Channel. It's being called the easiest way to have mind-blowing sex. Why? Because it turns average sex into incredible sex without you doing anything different. And today, you can see it for yourself in a free report. Learn how easy it is to stimulate greater sexual passion, enhance libido, and easier multiple orgasms for women. Experience new levels of intimacy as old sexual inhibitions melt away. And it all happens when you simply play a special type of music while you make love. How is it possible that nothing more than just playing music can give you such incredible sexual encounters? Because this music is enhanced with a special technology called auditory pheromones. Learn how scientifically proven auditory pheromones unleash a wave of sexual passion, intimacy, and pleasure. And free the body to experience maximum arousal and stimulation. Get your free auditory pheromones report today at musicforbettersex.com. That's musicforbettersex.com. Be Visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. This is Ecstatica, the way to an erotic, ecstatic love life. Do you have questions or comments for Ellen Toff or her guests? Call in live at 1-866-472-5795. That's one 472 5795 or send an email to radio show at ecstatica.com. Now, back to the program.
1: Welcome back. This is Ellen Etoff on Ecstatica with my guest, Dr. Charlie Glickman, co-author of The Ultimate Guide to Prostate Pleasure. And before we continue, I want to mention that um, you can get my free um, audio and ebook, Beyond Orgasm, How to Have a More Deeply Connected Sexual Experience at beyondorgasm.com. Okay, Charlie, let's talk about, you know, how does a couple bring this up? And I'd actually like to see if you can answer this from both a man's and a woman's point of view. How to bring this up with your partner if you'd like to explore
2: this. Well, you know, it's no different than bringing up any other Sexual fantasy or desire. Um, the
1: not that people necessarily know how to do that either.
2: Exactly. <laughs> so maybe well, this I, I, is the
1: first I, fantasy they're ever going to discuss. Let's assume that.
2: Exactly. But uh, yeah, but it, it is similar to asking about you know other kinds of, of ways to have fun in bed. Um, I think the most important thing to start with is to not. Uh, it could just put your questions or ideas out there. And my recommendation is to not do that in bed. Um, That's what I it, always
1: it, recommend. Never discuss the sort of thing while you're in bed. Just to enjoy it while you're at it and then discuss it at another time.
2: Exactly. And I think it's also really important to, uh, to not surprise your partner with it because, you know, sometimes that yeah. works. Sometimes you, you spring a surprise on your partner and they love it and you get fireworks. But other times, it can really be a train wreck. So one thing is to just have the conversation in, in a non-sexual setting. Um, and there's a few different ways that you can do that. One of them is you, know, you can tell them something like, hey, you know, I was listening to this podcast or I heard about this book about prostate massage and it sounds really fun. Have you ever heard of that? And that's sort of that's sort of a neutral way to open it up. Um, Another way that you can do it is to send them the link to our books website, which is prostatepressureguide.net. We answered a lot of the basic questions on the website because we didn't want our viewers to feel like they had to buy the book in order to have an awesome time in bed. So, you know, a lot of the basic information is there. And then, of course, the book goes into much, much more detail. Um, a third way that you might want to try it is uh, to make it more of a more of a conversation. Like if you have explored anal sex in the other direction, where mm. if we're assuming a male female relationship, where she's been on the receiving side. You know, you might say something like, you know, I really love when we include anal sex, uh, when we're having fun together. Have you ever thought about, you know, being on the receiving end or being on the giving end, as the case may be? And then you are framing it as uh, simply taking turns rather than it being a big deal. Um, The more direct and upfront you can be about your desires, the easier it is to have those conversations.
1: And what do you suggest if the partner is at first really negative about the idea,
2: kind of shuts down? You know, there's a lot of reasons why people have negative feelings about prostate play. Uh, sometimes it's because they have um, concerns about hygiene. Sometimes they have concerns about their or their partner's sexual orientation. Um, it's good to not push. You know, the more you push, the more people resist. Um, and again, this is why we answered a lot of these questions on our website. And there's, in fact, an entire chapter in our book that talks about uh, the masculinity and gender issues that often arise for men and their partners when we're talking about this stuff. Okay. Um, well, know, and and the on. more you the more you know about these topics, the easier it is to answer your partner's questions or concerns. Um, the I think probably the most difficult but also the most important piece to that is to try to not get defensive. Um, If they have their own uh, challenges or feelings or concerns about it, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're saying there's anything wrong with you. And uh, many of my coaching clients find that they get into these very difficult situations where they're fighting about sex because they each start feeling very defensive about it. So if you can step back from that defensive space and actually have the conversation, it's going to make it a lot easier.
1: Yes, yes, indeed. Since you brought up the um, identity issues, I think that's a big one. Uh, and in my view, and I, I could be totally off base about this, but I think there's something very sort of Archetypal and the collective unconscious about, especially for men who tend to have been the warriors historically, to that that thing about any kind of penetration. It's sort of like the sword, the threat, the the potentially fatal
2: penetration
1: that may be in there. Have you ever heard anybody talk about that?
2: Oh, absolutely. Uh, okay, you know, so have, it's not just yeah. Me. We have this idea culturally. We have this idea that um you know even if you just look at some of the uh written erotica that's out there or some of the porn that's out there, this idea of penetration as uh conquering somebody or or vanquishing somebody or you know owning them or or something like that. Um and those can be hot fantasies sometimes, but they can also really get in our way uh because it means that we uh, especially for men, we, we often fear the openness and vulnerability that comes up from receiving. And it's an interesting thing because ironically, many of the men who we've spoken with and their partners have said that once these guys explored being on the receiving end of penetration, suddenly they become much better lovers.
1: Ooh, uh, you know, one, and, and yeah, much well, better lovers in the on the other end, on the giving side?
2: Exactly, because once you have realized ah, that you can be... Once you've experienced really receiving,
1: on, you know what it's like.
2: Exactly, because you can be really turned on and really excited and really into your partner and still need lots of foreplay. And it's easy to say that you understand that intellectually, but once you've been on the receiving side... And you know what it's like to be in that position. You know, most men find that it makes them much more confident and patient lovers when they're on the giving side. Mm -hmm. Um, And to flip that around, a lot of women discover that, you know, oh wait, now I understand how you can be so turned on that you want to go faster than your partner really likes. You know, how many times have women had to say to their partners, you know, slow down, slow down, that's too much um
1: what a great contribution to a relationship to have this kind of
2: exchange yes oh it's 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 fantastic i mean you it's kind of like being a chef if you're going to be a chef you need to eat the food that you cook so that you know what to do.
1: <laughs> absolutely and, so before we leave the topic of the uh, sort of identity issues um you know what do you say to men who are concerned that it might mean something about their masculinity if they receive penetration? I think that's a really They consider good themselves time. really masculine in the first place.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think that's a really good time to ask a couple of key questions. One of them is why is it that you think that receiving penetration inherently makes you Uh, weaker or less masculine, Um, another good question to ask is, what does this really mean about my attitudes about women? You know, if taking on the quote-unquote woman's role means that I am less than these other men over here, what does that really say about my attitudes towards women?
1: I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, this could really, I mean, I love the conversation that this can lead into for a couple and really increasing intimacy because these are issues people just don't talk about. And and then there's the question about in our homophobic culture, um, if a couple really does see themselves as strikingly, you know, straight, um, what about that concern like, oh, what if I really like it? Does that mean I might
2: be a little gay, you know, or... What do you say to well, people I'm, about that? Well that that's the interesting thing, right? Because if you if I'm a man and I'm interested in prostate massage and I'm interested in doing this with women, well, okay, conceivably I might be bisexual, but I'm probably not gay because the people who turn me on are women. You know, this is mm-hmm. this comes back to that same question again of uh, the difference between sexual orientation and where your nerve endings are.
1: Yeah, I love that distinction because so what you're saying is it's not what you enjoy doing or having done to you. It's who you want to... who turns you on,
2: who you want to do it with. It really establishes your gender identity. Exactly. And it's an okay. important distinction to make that a lot of people just don't understand.
1: Yeah, I I really appreciate that. So... Anything else that people, that reserves people, one of them is hygiene, which we're going to get to in a second, but anything else that holds people back, both men and women, from you know, that makes them hesitate to get into this?
2: Yeah, you know, the other thing, the other big question that comes up for folks is, is this going to hurt? Is this going yes. to be painful? And uh, that is really all about um how much uh How much you know about anal play, you know people often will try to copy what they see in porn movies, not realizing that there's lubricant. they just put it in before the camera gets turned on um, you know, <laughs> that's like that's
1: one of the first let's talk about this and let's get to like how do you address making it
2: safe and pleasurable as opposed to painful? Yeah. Well, just before we get there, so, so oh. when we when we when we did the survey, there were three big concerns that came up and we've touched on two of them. But here's the the first one was, is this going to hurt? Mm-hmm. And that's a technical skill that we'll we'll get to in a minute. The second one is what about the mess? And that's a hygiene piece and that's also a technical skill. And then the third one that came up frequently was does this mean that I'm gay? And so we've already covered that last one okay. pretty well. Um, as far as is this going to hurt or, or the, the, is this going to hurt, you know, what do you need in order to have pleasurable anal sex um, there's three key ingredients, and I have to footnote uh, doctors Carol Queen and Robert Lawrence for being uh, the, the first educators that I know of who really helped promote this idea. But what you need are relaxation, lubrication, and communication yes. um, it 's not about stretching anything open, it's about learning how to relax the body open. Um, I like to say in my workshops that you need to seduce the ass every single time. <laughs> now, when it good because you've stuff.
1: actually got two sphincters there, right? So you've got exactly. there's,
2: there's to get both of them to and the internal, the internal muscle especially is very connected to your moods and emotions. Uh, you know how when a cat or a dog is scared, their tail tucks under? Yeah. Uh, human, human beings do the I same was just thing. Walk,
1: I was just at a market yesterday when this mother was, was a dog tied outside, and this mother was showing her little girl. The little girl said, that dog looks happy. And the mother says, yes, he looks happy, but now look at his tail. His tail is tucked under, so that shows that something's not making him happy. He's looking for his person or, yeah, that he's not a happy camper.
2: Exactly, and people have the same uh, physiological mechanism. It's just that we're standing upright and we don't have tails. So, <laughs> if you have been stuck in traffic, you got into a fight with your coworker, or you are nervous about anal play hurting, it's going to make you ass up. Exactly. There's a reason why people who are stressed out all the time are called tight asses. <laughs> and for that matter, there's a reason why. Uh, if somebody really annoys us, we might call them a pain in the neck and we might call them a pain in the ass.
1: Right.
2: <laughs> it, it, it's literally true. Wow. So it's So it's basically
1: all a contraction or a tightening up of those sphincters, especially exactly. the internal one, huh?
2: So it's all about learning how to relax. And in the book, we've got lots of tips and ideas for uh, how to increase arousal and ways to combine uh, anal penetration with other kinds of play, uh, there's things that you can do to make anal massage really easy and fun. So that's that's all. That's one piece. Um, the second piece is. Can you just
1: give us before you do? Can you just give us one example of something you can do to help relax?
2: Sure. Um, even before you try doing any kind of penetration, massage around the outside. Um, the anus is about as sensitive as the lips on your face. And in fact, if you run your fingernails along your lips and you notice any little rough edges, hangnails, calluses, things like that, um, get out the nail file and file those down. Good. Because the anus is just Rich territory. But, but but think about how uh you know if you're kissing your partner's face or their back or their neck and you can feel every little ridge and bump on their skin, on your lips. hmm That's how sensitive the anus is. Okay. So Even before you go inside, you lubricate your fingers and just massage around the outside. And that can feel really amazing, just on its own. Yes. So there's a good place to start. Okay. Okay. So so So. the second piece was lube, lubrication. And uh, everybody needs lube for anal play. Um, You won't see it in porn movies because they put it in before the movie gets turned on or before they, they start filming, but it's there. Um, some people Right, because there's no look,
1: natural lubrication like there is with the vagina.
2: Right. Now, there are some people who use saliva. Personally, I think a uh, commercially bought lubricant is much better, um, and there are lots of different brands out there. Some of the ones that I'm a fan of, um, I really like the silicone lubricants because they never get sticky. Oh. Yeah, they they stay slippery forever, Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, they can be a little tricky to wash off because you you need to use soap and water to wash them off.
1: Yeah, they can be really hard to get off
2: sometimes. Yeah, one of my favorite brands of silicone lubricant is Wet Platinum. Um, It's a really high-quality silicone, lasts a long time. Um, But if you want something that's a little bit easier to clean up, you can also try some of the new silicone water hybrid lubricants. The uh, lubricant technology has really been improving, and these hybrid lubes are slippery like silicone, but then they rinse away in the shower, making cleanup really easy. Nice. And uh, wet synergy is one of my favorites for that because it's a thicker gel-like lubricant, so you can uh, get a little bit more um, shock absorption.
1: Okay. Well, before we get to the next piece, that's excellent. Thank you. So we'll get to the next piece that you started to approach when I asked you to give us um, tips there after our last break, which is next. And uh, this is Ellen Etoff with my guest, Dr. Charlie Glickman, on Ecstatica, the way to an erotic, ecstatic love life. And when we come back, we'll take your questions so you can call on to the live. We'll be right back.
0: This is the Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. It's being called the easiest way to have mind blowing sex. Why? Because it turns average sex into incredible sex without you doing anything different. And today, you can see it for yourself in a free report. Learn how easy it is to stimulate greater sexual passion, enhance libido. And easier multiple orgasms for women. Experience new levels of intimacy as old sexual inhibitions melt away. And it all happens when you simply play a special type of music while you make love. How is it possible that nothing more than just playing music can give you such incredible sexual encounters? Because this music is enhanced with a special technology called auditory pheromones. Learn how scientifically proven auditory pheromones unleash a wave of sexual passion, intimacy, and pleasure. And free the body to experience maximum arousal and stimulation. Get your free auditory pheromones report today at musicforbettersex.com. That's musicforbettersex.com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. This is Ecstatica, the way to an erotic, ecstatic love life. Do you have questions or comments for Ellen Etoff or her guests? Call in live at 1-866-472-5795. That's one 472 5795 or send an email to radio show at ecstatica.com. Now, back to the program.
1: Welcome back. This is Ellen Etoff discussing Prostate Pleasure with Charlie Glickman, co-author of The Ultimate Guide to Prostate Pleasure. So, Let's talk about that elephant in the room, the one that you know, like as you said in your surveys is one of the things most people are really concerned about, and that is like, what about a mess? Or how do we deal with this? we just don't we don't want to deal with it. What do we do?
2: Well, you know, I do think it's worth acknowledging that uh, we need to be more careful about hygiene with anal play than with other kinds of sex. But I also want to uh, point out that. This is this can certainly be an issue, regardless of who's on the receiving end. But it comes up a lot more often when we're talking about men receiving anal play than women. Oh,
1: really?
2: But yeah, um, I'm, I'm surprised
1: I, because really it's more of an issue for women because if you have vaginal penetration after anal without precautions or cleaning, you're going to have you know
2: potentially big health issues. I, I think probably the, why the fear comes up more is because. Uh, you receiving penetration is seen as the quote-unquote woman's role, and so there isn't that same resistance to it. Um, hmm. So the, hy- the hygiene question comes up more because of that sometimes with men. Okay. Um, but it's not that hard to, uh, to avoid. One thing you can do is put down a dark towel on the bed. That keeps any lube that spills off of your sheets. Um, I'm a big fan of using gloves and condoms. Um, even if you don't use condoms for other kinds of sex, if you're going to be doing any kind of anal intercourse, it's a good idea to use a condom uh, just as a matter of hygiene. Um, and
1: there's also those little finger condoms or finger cots that pe- that they use for very, you know, like, if to cover up a, a wounded finger. You can get those, in and nobody's going to ask them any questions I'm, about I'm it, not, right?
2: I'm not as fond of finger cots, mostly because lube tends to spread. Um, and so while a finger cut does cover your individual finger, I think gloves are a much better bet. And, you know, if you're one okay. of those people who says that a glove just doesn't feel very sexy, I can promise you that after a couple of mind-blowing experiences, watching your partner put on a glove becomes part of the arousal. <laughs>
1: That's great. I mean,
2: like yeah, sexy I've, lingerie. I've talked, to, huh? I, I've talked to hundreds of people about this. And it really is true. So slip on a glove, and then you really just don't need to worry about it. And then you take the glove off, and you are good to go. Um, You can also uh, do an enema a couple of hours beforehand if you're concerned about it. And we've got instructions for that uh, on the book's website, prostatepleasureguide.net. A couple of hours Uh, Why that long?
1: Just see the natural
2: fluids built up again, the natural... It's actually more because because sometimes a little bit of water gets trapped inside and it's good to give your body a chance to expel the rest of it. If you do an enema right before sex, sometimes it can actually make things a little too messy. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. So. So, um, Hygiene, very easy.
1: Sounds good. Okay, so we're going to get to some of the 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 playful things, how to stimulate. and But I want to ask you, because I did mention in the list at the beginning of the show, the word pegging. So what is pegging?
2: Oh, pegging is when uh, women wear strap-on buildings uh, with a male partner.
1: Yeah, um, so, so it's so basically the whole... If, if any of you have heard of bend-over boyfriend, that's what we're talking about, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, the, the
2: word was coined uh, you know, uh, about 10 years show. ago by Dan Savage, when he discovered that there wasn't a term for this particular sex act. So he took a poll of his readers, and pegging is what won the poll.
1: Oh, what a great origin. Okay. So um, it's just one of the ways that, to actually strap it on, but you can use toys that
2: just with your hand rather than having to strap it to your body. You definitely can, and a lot of people really like that because it gives them more control um, it, it's different tastes. Uh, one of the nice things about pegging, though, is that it frees uh, her hands up to be able to do more stuff because you know, she's not having to hold the dill in one hand, leaving only one other. So it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's just
1: I hadn't ex- thought of that, yeah. So but, uh, why don't you tell us what... I mean, when people are getting started, you started a little bit about how to um, help the anus relax, but let's talk a little more about... Not only that, but getting the inner sphincter relaxed and some of the things you can do to um, turn your partner on or even for yourself if you're a man, what you can do to turn yourself on.
2: So you've started off with a glove and some lubricant uh, so your hand is nice and clean. You've got your partner probably the two easiest positions to get started. One is to have him on his back with a pillow under his hips and then his hips and knees bent at, at least 90 degrees. Um, so that gives you really easy access. So the his feet are thing, flat on the bed with his knees bent, is what you're saying? Uh, that, that's, that's one way you can do it, or you can or have lifted. him lift his feet up uh, and hold behind his knees with his hands. Got it. Um, the other really easy position is to have him on his elbows and knees uh, so that he's face down. Right. Um, elbows, elbows and knees is a little bit easier than hands and knees because when you're on your hands, it, it puts a lot of pressure on your wrists. Um, but whichever position he's in, you know, so you, you uh, have your gloved hand and you cover your finger with lubricant. Uh, you can massage around the outside. Um, when you are ready for penetration, or when you think he's ready for it, don't just dive right in. It's, <laughs> it, it's actually good to ask him, "Are you ready for this? Do you want this?" Uh, make sure that he again
1: the and- role reversal.
2: Exactly, but the more the more he's in control of the situation, the more comfortable he'll feel. So if you ask him, you know, are you ready for this, he can say yes or no or maybe or, or whatever it might be, and that's going to uh, improve things quite a bit.
1: And this is part of that third piece you talked about um, lubrication, relaxation, and, you know, communication. So this is part of that whole communication aspect. There's the before communication when you're not having sex, and then there's the
2: communication while you're exploring. Exactly, and it's not that hard to do. So, yeah, exactly. So you just have that back-and-forth communication. Um, But When you slip your finger inside, well, well, first off, there are men who really like anal stimulation on its own. Or, or as its own thing and there are men who say that if they could get prostate massage without anal stimulation that would be their preference so mm. uh, you know for some guys they're going to want more anal stimulation other guys it's you know just get to the good stuff
1: when you say anal do you mean the, the, the very sensitive tissues at the mouth of the anus or do you mean the, the anal canal
2: both okay both yeah both both externally around the anus and then the anal canal itself the two the two sphincters. okay themselves. um But when you have your finger inserted, what you're going to do is curl the fingertip towards his belly button. So if he's on his back, you curl up. If he's up face down, you curl down.
0: Uh
2: And you're looking for a rounded tissue uh, through the wall of the rectum that feels kind of like a ripe plum. So it's firm and squishy at the same time. Uh Uh, The tricky thing is that for... Men who are not as aroused yet, the prostate will not have gotten bigger. It, since it gets bigger with fluid during the uh, sexual response cycle, it's easier to find when he's already turned on. Like a woman's uh, G-spot
1: is usually easier to find when she's turned on.
2: Exactly. Exactly another comparison. The difference here, though, is that as men get older, frequently our prostates just start getting bigger on their own. So if you're doing this with a guy who's 25 it's probably going to be a little bit trickier to find his prostate than if you're doing this with a guy who's 55. One more benefit of aging. You know, <laughs> it's not bad. I mean, enlarged prostates can have health consequences, but it's nice to know that there are some sexual benefits to them too. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, what he might feel, uh, well, some guys don't feel anything at all. Uh, in fact, you might have your finger on his prostate and know that you're touching it, and he may not be able to tune into that sensation yet. That yes. usually comes with practice. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes guys feel like they like they need to pee, and that's often a sign that you're on the right spot but that you're pressing too hard, so back off a little bit.
1: If um, they're not feeling anything, do you recommend that um, they start with some penile stimulation? That's a good place to start.
2: Uh, because it may just mean that the prostate needs to get uh, a little bit bigger. Also, the prostate has a groove that runs down the center from top to bottom, down the back. And if you're mm-hmm. pressing into that groove, you might not actually be contacting it. So if you slide your finger you know, a quarter to half of an inch to the left or the right, you might be able to feel it more easily that way.
1: What about just caressing side to side like that? Is that the best way? Yeah, that's
2: another great way to do it. Sort of like a windshield wiper. <laughs> yes. guess. Yeah. And then the, the third sensation that some guys find, you know, some men find right off the bat, the very first time, it feels amazing. Um, they might feel heat. They might feel electricity. They might just feel a really intense uh, arousal sensation. If any of those happen, then you definitely know that you're on the right spot. Okay. Yeah. And
1: then what? Then what do okay. you do? If you know you're on the right spot,
2: so, Just so you stick know you with find, it
1: or something else?
2: You can do uh, lots of different massage techniques. Um, you can do that come here motion, that sort of curling motion that also uh-huh. works on the G-spot. Uh, you can make circles. And circles, you can do big circles across the entire surface of the prostate. You can also do small circles over one localized spot. Um, if you're feeling really... Uh, um, uh, flexible, you can do little circles while moving in a big circle, kind of like a spirograph. Uh, you can do tapping. Uh, you can do the windshield wiper movement that we described a minute ago. Um, whatever massage technique you use, uh, two really important tips. One is you want to stroke, not poke. So you want to think about the way that you stroke a cat or a dog's nose where you're stroking it rather than poking directly into it. Um, the second really okay. important thing is to take it nice and slow. Um, it's easy to go faster than your partner wants, uh, but think about how if you are giving somebody a shoulder rub where slow, steady circles actually feels a lot better than fast, intense circles. Mm-hmm. So slow and steady, um, and uh, whatever you're doing on his prostate, you can be simultaneously stimulating his penis, like stroking up and down with one hand while you are massaging his prostate with the other.
1: Good. So just start exploring gently, slowly. Just as a woman, as a woman, if you are a woman, would like to be explored yourself. Yeah. to keep in mind. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so before is- we have to go, I wonder if you could uh, suggest any particular um, types of toys that people can use
2: together or a man can use on his own. Oh, absolutely. In, in fact, there's uh, one of my favorite prostate toys is called the Aneros, A-N-E-R-O-S. If you go to aneros.com, you can check out all of their different models. Uh, The amazing thing about the aneros is it's designed for hands-free prostate stimulation. Um, When, when you have the aneros inserted, if you squeeze your pelvic floor and, and when I say squeeze your pelvic floor, it's the exact same motion that you do. If you have an erection and you make your penis bounce in that way that everybody seems to learn to do by the time they're five years old, Right. (laughs) Uh, that that's the motion that I'm talking about. Every time you do that motion, it levers the aneros into your prostate just like a finger. So it's like a hands-free prostate massage, which means that you can use it solo, you can use it during sex with a partner, you can wear it during intercourse, um, you can wear it in almost any sexual position except sitting down because it needs to be able to move freely.
1: But, ah, Okay, um, so you can't wear it while you're driving or at
2: work, like a woman can wear Benoit balls. <laughs> exactly. exactly. It does need to be able to move freely. But okay, I, that's I important it, but, to know. The, the, the folks at Aneros really know their anatomy. I've talked to them uh, extensively about their designs, and they really understand how prostates work. Um, so well, I, you I,
1: apparently really understand how prostates work, too. So this is why I want to recommend to our listeners
2: so absolutely, and in fact, on our book's blog, we have some reviews of some of the Aneros products. If you that want to they check get the your available. book? Absolutely. Okay, yeah.
1: sounds good. So I want to just reiterate that it's The Ultimate Guide to Prostate Pleasure by Charlie Glickman, Ph.D., and Aislin. well If you get Charlie Glickman, you'll be finding it, I'm sure. So just um, I want to make sure we get people um, the information on your website. So you mentioned ProstatePleasureGuide.net.
2: Right, that's the book's website. Okay, and, your personal and, website
1: is calm, ch- yeah. but you've got a new one coming up, right?
2: Right, my new website launching in the next week for my coaching practice is makesexeasy.com. So for individuals and couples, uh, I coach people over Skype uh, to help have awesome, fun, and easy sex lives.
1: Well, sounds perfect. Makesexeasy.com with Dr. Charlie Glickman. So, if you've missed any details or you'd like a transcript of this show um, or any of the other Ecstatica shows on Voice America, just visit Ecstatica, that's E-X-T-A-T-A dot com slash show. So, Dr. Glickman, I want to thank you so much for being here. This has been extremely educational and interesting and inspiring I hope people are inspired to go out and explore their prostates, their partner's prostates for just a more fulfilling sex life and deeper intimacy all around. Thank you so much for being here
2: Well thank you, it's been a great time Okay, take care Bye-bye.
1: And everyone out there this is Ellen Etoff in support of you having an erotic ecstatic love life
0: We hope you've learned from and enjoyed the show today. Join us again for another stimulating hour of Ecstatica, the way to an erotic, ecstatic love life, with your host, Ellen Etoff, on the Voice America 7th Wave channel. This week, enjoy the best sex of your life.